Between 1989 and 1999, babies Caleb, Patrick, Sarah and Laura Folbig tragically died uh, of really then unexplained circumstances. But today, their mother Kathleen Folbig was exonerated of their deaths. I am grateful that updated science and genetics has given me answers as to how my children died. However, the system preferred to blame me rather than accept that sometimes children can and do die suddenly, unexpectedly and heartbreakingly. That was Kathleen Folbig speaking on the steps of the New South Wales Supreme Court in Sydney earlier today. The decision to overturn her conviction has been celebrated by Folbig's longtime friends and supporters who have stood by her and maintained her innocence for more than two decades. Tracy Chapman was there from the beginning. Uh, she was there today on the steps of the Supreme Court. I spoke to her not long after the decision was delivered. Thank you. Thanks for having me. The last time I reported on this story was 10 years ago, about 10 years into Kathleen's sentence. At that time, it was really a, a story that had no hope. There was no cause for hope at the very least. You were there today when Kathleen was exonerated and acquitted of these crimes. How did it feel for you? Well, for me, it's been 20 years of campaigning and it was kind of just, it was, I don't know, it was a surreal moment. It was very emotional. I, I did try not to cry, but I couldn't help it. Um, and then Kath and I fell apart at the, at the judgment because, you know, for us and for me, I've never doubted Kath's innocence, you know, so... It, it, it's a very long time coming, too long in in a lot of ways, and it's cost us all so much. But yeah, I, I am grateful the system finally self corrected. Obviously, this is the news you've been waiting for for so long. But it obviously comes with a tinge of grief over the time and the lives of her four children. Mm-hmm. How how is she holding up today? What how how is she feeling? Oh, there's been a lot of tears because, I mean, you know, for us symbolically it's an honourable epitaph for the children. You know, we always mention them by name, Kat and Patrick, you know, and Caleb and Laura and Sarah. You know, at the end of the day they were they were four souls and she loved them dearly. And to us this is an important day that this is now an honourable epitaph for the children. That's very important to her. So there's been a lot of tears a lot of tears on both our parts so but we're at peace now and that's important because for 20 years we've been really well even for longer for Kath you know really restless about this because we knew the truth you know you say at peace does this mean closure can you ever uh, for Kathleen at least get over the loss of a child uh, even even four yeah well, that's, that's the thing, and, you know, I've banged on for all this time about the diaries. You know, you'll never hear me stop banging on about them because, you know, I, and I keep correlating with that, the, the importance of having a trauma-informed system at law at the very beginning, not, not just going through this post-conviction review stuff. If we'd have done this properly in the first place, we'd have acknowledged that Kath has complex grief stuff and the things that she did, she shouldn't have been punished for. It's what any person would have done losing four children. I mean, even if you, Andy, or myself, I mean, even if I had the thought of losing my son, I'd choke up just on one before over 10 years. I mean, and then we've, we've, we've actually weaponized the thing that she sought solace in. And then further to that, everybody vilified it. I mean, yeah, so you're right, you know, peace in the judgment, but 
the loss is there. She carries it with her every day. She's got a locket around her neck that she cried so hard when she picked it back up because she hadn't been able to wear it in prison. She's got that locket around her neck. She hasn't she hasn't taken it off in the time that she's since she's got out and that she carries that with her. And she's got the names of her children on a bracelet around her wrist. She wears them. She's with them every day in her apartment. They're with her everywhere. She's got pictures of them everywhere. It's, you know, so as you said, are you at peace? Well, peace in that the judgment says officially now you are exonerated. You have your agency back and that's really important for me as her friend. But she will never not carry that grief of those four losses. She says the children are with her every day in spirit. It's lovely that everyone can acknowledge that now. The United Kingdom has a Criminal Cases Review Commission. You've called for this independent post-conviction review body akin to the UK system to sort of investigate potential miscarriages of justice. What, what, what would that look like exactly? Look, I, you know, I'm not an expert in this space, but I, I have experienced firsthand the need for that. And then every, every few weeks I'm getting letters from people that are incarcerated long-term that have no voice have exhausted their appeals process. So I, I don't know what it looks like, you know, in my eye, you know, when I close my eyes and I try and see what it looks like, but I will tell you now I will lobby for advocacy representation. We've got sisters inside. We've got myself. There's so many other people that have gone before me and will still have to experience the the hard craft of, of doing the kind of advocacy work. It doesn't pay it costs a lot, you know, I want to have some representation on whatever that body looks like. I need to because it can't continue the way it is. So, uh, Are governments listening? Like? Uh, departments of justice, uh, particularly the one in New South Wales, listening to this advocacy? Oh, look, I think they think that, you know, justice is served now and, you know, the system said, you know, yeah, yeah, we hear you, but... I don't want to hear platitudes anymore. I just want us all, you know, we've shown with this case that we are a democracy and it, and change comes from the bottom up. So anyone that's listening to this today, change comes from the bottom up. We need to all lobby and say this is not good enough by a long shot. And I really want us all to then step back and say, all right, the system in the UK is not perfect. Canada's not either. Well, Canada's taking theirs on now. Got New Zealand taking one on. You know, there's, there's so many things we can learn from this experience. But, yeah, are the politicians listening? Not right now, but they damn well should be. And, you know, I am going to be the squeaky wheel. I really am. Now that Kathleen's convictions have been quashed, it's now open for the New South Wales government to make an ex gratia or act of grace payment to Kathleen. Will she seek compensation for the injustice she's faced? Look, personally, I hope she does, but, you know, that's up between Kath now. We haven't even really fostered, you know, that sort of concept in our head. We just, I keep sort of talking in terms of hurdles. We've gone over hurdle one. We've got to hurdle two. Today, we've gone over hurdle two. You know, I would like her to seek compensation if it's personal reflection from a friendship level, um, knowing what it's cost us all. Um, but it's between CAF and it's clearly between her legal team and that's something that the legal team will talk about with her. 
Kathleen's, of course, been living uh, with you on your property in northern New South Wales since her release. Tell me about what this afternoon, tomorrow and the next few years looks like for Kathleen. Does she have any unresolved uh, ambitions, uh, a bucket list, uh, dreams, hopes? Oh, she's got many. But, you know, for us at the moment, it's just been about putting one foot in front of the other. I, I am so grateful Kath has her agency back today. You know, she gets, she's truly a true, you know, a free woman. There's children, uh, you know, grandchildren of friends she hasn't been able to meet. She's got her godson's child she hasn't been able to meet. So their priority for her, she really wants to give these kids a big hug. That's really important. I I hope and I know she's had to put up with me for six months. I know she's going to want to go probably back to Newcastle or live somewhere that makes her heart sing and, you know, she's not a country girl. She, she doesn't, you know, it's not that she doesn't enjoy life on the farm but it's not her space, do you know what I mean? So having her own agency, she finally gets to make those decisions for herself and personally that makes my heart sing. Yeah, space uh, she certainly deserves. Tracy Chapman uh, is a friend and longtime advocate for Kathleen Folbig. Enjoy today and uh, all the best for you and Kathleen in the future. Thanks so much, Andy. Take care. ABCRN helps you understand the world. Find more of our stories on the ABC Listen app.